Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Kings and queens chasing kingdom. If I can draw your attention to verse 40 and verse 41 and of Acts chapter 2 where Peter is preaching. And the Bible says that with many words and other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. This is the day of Pentecost. Peter is preaching. This is a part of the Pentecost day that we don't talk about a whole lot. We don't allude to this a lot, but this is the end of the day of Pentecost. We spend a lot of time talking about the Holy Ghost and sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire and everybody filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. We talk about that a lot, but we don't talk as much about Peter's message in the plaza. We talk about the upper room. We don't talk about the plaza as much, but this is the plaza. This, in essence, is almost really the first church service, really. Jesus has died. Jesus has been resurrected. He's ascended to the Father. He says, go wait. This is church. They're in a service, and Peter is preaching, and as he's wrapping up, I mean, this is the end of Acts 2. This is him wrapping up his sermon. This is the altar call. This is the end of the sermon. And, and in this end of the sermon, in, in his wrap-up, in his, in his close, as he's up there preaching, it says he's about to make his closing remarks. In his closing remarks, he says something that is extremely interesting considering the fact that it's Pentecost Sunday. That it's Holy Ghost just fell Sunday. And what he says is, save yourself. I, I, I don't know about you, but it's, it's an odd thing to close with on a day when the Holy Ghost has shown up. It's an odd thing to close with. It's an odd statement to make as a part of your appeal, especially to those of us who have been raised in a world in which we were told that the Holy Ghost is going to do the work and the Holy Ghost is going to open a door and the Holy Ghost is going to make a way and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost. Here we are on the first day of the Holy Ghost and the end of Peter's message is save yourself from this corrupt generation. Because there is a truth that we very often do not acknowledge. And that truth is that all of this, even what happened today, all this worship, all the prayer, the elders walking around praying, us praying in the lobby, us praying over all these chairs, the songs we sung, the praise we gave, the praise I gave, 
the prayers I pray, this church moment, it will save your soul. Jesus can save your spirit. But when it comes to yourself, after this is over, in the next 35, 40 minutes, when you get up and walk out of here, after you leave here, you are going to have to save yourself. Hard lesson. Not, not a lesson we were often taught. Not a lesson because most of us think about Jesus or church or prayer saving us without acknowledging that's a difference between, pray, between saving your soul and saving your spirit and saving yourself. And everybody in here is familiar with yourself. You woke with yourself. You got yourself out of bed. No matter who you slept with last night, you still woke with yourself. You put yourself in the shower. Hallelujah. You washed yourself. You bathed yourself. You dried yourself. You got out. You looked at yourself in the mirror. I hope you liked the self you saw. You put clothes on yourself. You put yourself in the car and you drove yourself to church. You turned your phone on, your computer on, yourself. And you are right now sitting with yourself watching this service you are in this room with a thousand other people and yourself because you have to learn how to get a hold of yourself and you got to learn what to say when you talk to yourself and one of the fruit of the spirit is for you to control yourself I grew up in a time when we sang hymns in the church. My dad used to sing this song that said, My gift is small. It is my all. Accept it, Lord, I pray. Let self be slain. Let Jesus reign within my heart always. If I could really sing, I'd sing it for you. My gift is small. It is my all. Accept it, Lord, I pray. Let self be slain. Let Jesus reign within my heart always. It's a wonderful song. It's an awesome song. It's an amazing song for church. Because in church, you're trying to be spiritual and prayerful. You're trying to give your soul and your emotions to the moment. And so you're saying, let self be slain. Let the fleshly corrupted part of me that's wrong and evil and doesn't want to tune in or doesn't want to come to church, let that be slain. I understand it. It's wonderful, but it's, it's, a, it's not a full gospel if we don't complete it. Because the same scripture that says to deny yourself is the same scripture that says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he can quicken your mortal body. So there is an aspect of this that is about not just church, but it's also about kingdom. And church will save your soul, but your life is enhanced by kingdom. And what happened for most of us and what continues to happen still is that we get way more church preaching and way more spiritual conversations than we have kingdom conversations. And so we all have been raised 
to just do church. But honestly, as wonderful as church is, church is the hallway to kingdom conversations. And ultimately, what we have to ask ourselves is, is are you a church somebody or a kingdom somebody? Get saved in church. God saves you. And you dedicate your life and you prayer and fasting and all of this is wonderful. This spiritual strength is amazing. And it's a part of what church fosters is for you to get your heart together and give your heart to God and give your soul and your mind and your strength to God. But then after that, what are we going to do with your body? Well, what has to happen with your body is... You are now going to have to go out there and save yourself. You now are going to have to get some weapons and save yourself. A couple weeks ago, I was in Alabama. My parents were there. And uh, you might don't stay in Boston anymore for the winters. And so they were in Alabama visiting my sister, staying with her, with her for a month. And then they're on their way someplace else. And it was my mother's birthday. And so all eight of her children were there. And I was there. And everybody went around and talked about what did mom teach you? What did your mother teach you? What did mom teach you in this thing called life, especially when you were a child? Everybody went around. When it came around to me, I said that one of the things my mama taught me is self-reliance. I was the oldest of eight. (laughs) My mama had a child every two years. So when I was 10, she had a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, a 4-year-old, a 2-year-old, and a newborn. The way that my generation was raised as children and the way that we raise children today, two completely totally different things. We weren't raised with helmets, help us Holy Ghost. We were barely raised with car seats. I saw a car seat at this point now. They want your child in a car seat till they're about 25 years old. Most of us was raised where there wasn't no car seat. My mama tells me a story about how they used to lay me on a blanket on the back ledge and let me take naps while they drove places. That, That I got on the public transportation on the bus at six and seven and eight I I learned my daddy who was a pastor a bishop a man of God taught me how to pray he taught me how to rely on God but my mama taught me how to rely on me My mama taught me that at the end of the day, when the Bible says you can look to the hills from whence cometh your help, your help comes from the Lord. In essence, a part of that message is ain't nobody coming. God is here for you, but if you are constantly looking for somebody else to be the hero of your story, you are going to be disappointed, my Lord, my God. At some point, you will have to make up in your mind that you and Jesus are going to be the hero of your story because people will let you down every time. And everybody's searching for a hero. People want someone just to look up to. I never found anyone to fulfill my needs, a lonely place to be. But then I learned to depend on me because I decided long ago never to walk in anybody's shadow. 
If I fail, if I succeed, at least I live what I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. Oh, I'm preaching in here today. Come on, Whitney. Because the greatest love of all is happening to me right now. I found the greatest love in me. Pastor Andy, how you do this? Because I love me. Anybody love me? I, li- I mean, you love you. You ain't got to love me because I love me. If you love you, it don't matter who else don't like you. It don't matter who else don't love you. It don't matter. I don't even read the comments because it does not matter what their comments are about me as long as I feel good about me. If you feel good about you, if you are not satisfied with you, it does not matter who likes you if you don't like you. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. And so many of us have been let down because we was waiting for our daddy to be our hero. We was waiting for our mama to be our hero. We are waiting for somebody in our family to be our hero. You waiting for some man to be your hero. You waiting for some girl to be your hero. You waiting for somebody to help you to get yourself together. I heard some dude say, oh, she helped me get myself together. I said, shame on you, John. Shame on you, bro. The last thing you ought to do is have a woman to help you get yourself together. There are way too many gray heads around here for a man for you to have to have a woman to get yourself together if a woman makes you get yourself together then ultimately she becomes your mama and the problem is nobody wants to sleep with their mama and so I would suggest that you get some mentors and some old men and go talk to a coach and get a life coach and let a man help you get yourself together so that iron can sharpen iron instead of a woman have to be your mentor and now she got to make you a better you shame on you Why she got to be your hero? Why can't you depend on you? Why can't you have your own prayer life? Why can't you have your own plan? Why can't you have your own thing? Why can't you decide, you know what? God is talking to me. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He heard my prayer. And you know what? I'm going to get my own sword. And I'm going to get my own weapon. And I'm going to get my own dream. And I'm going to take my own territory. Because I realize ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody coming. I can complain about it all I want. Ain't nobody coming. I can talk about it all I want. Ain't nobody coming. I might as well forgive because the people that did evil to me ain't even thinking about me. And one of the things that I want us all to get in this year of war is (laughs) we just have to get it down in ourselves, in our spirit, that you are going to have to fight. Now, I know where you are because I feel that same way too. Sometimes I just want peace. I just want peace. I don't want no problems. I don't want no difficulty. I don't want no heart. I don't. And there are, there are battles that I need to fight that I just don't want to fight. I don't want to think that way. And so I find myself caught off guard because my walls are not watched 
in my naivete that everything's going to be all right just because I want it to be. Because, and, I, and, I, and, and if, you, if, if that's ever been you, then you can share my testimony. And that is that you end up just pushing the fight off to another time. And then you end up having to have that battle anyway. And now you're having that battle when you're older. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Now you're having that battle when you're not as young. Now you're having that battle when you don't have as much time. Now you're having this battle when you don't have as much strength. Now you're having this battle where you don't have as much flexibility. My suggestion is that you start talking about starting your own business and getting your own investments and getting your own real estate. Do that while you have a job. It's, the time to do it is while you're making money. The time is not necessarily just to do it just when they lay you off. Praise God. I'm glad that you'll do it when your back's against the wall. But the truth of the matter is that you had a sinking suspicion on the inside of you that something, 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 something just wasn't right. And you pushed it off. I know most of us, most of us, and in the room and watching around the world, when stuff happened, we knew it was going to happen. We ended up saying, I knew this was going, I knew this five years ago, I knew this, seven years ago, I knew this, six months ago, I knew this, I heard something on the inside, I ignored it because I don't really want to use my word for a weapon. I just want my word to be a drug. I just want it to give me peace. I just want it to get me high. I just want somebody to preach just well enough to inspire me, make me shout and run. But that I don't know if I want to put an edge on my sword. I just want it to be for decorations. You're trying to get me to sharpen this thing and to be prepared for the battle that lies ahead. And honestly, after what I've been through, I don't feel like fighting no more. I don't care. I just don't want to fight. Can I challenge you? Can I challenge you? That a part of it is because we have not learned the proper lesson. And one of those lessons that I'm trying to communicate to you in these few minutes that I have left is that there's church and there's kingdom. They're not the same. Church and prayer, spirituality, it's amazing, but that's not the end of the story. After you get saved, after you get some Holy Ghost, after you give your life to the Lord, after you get sin out your life, after you get some stuff together, after that, now it is kingdom work that needs to be done. Jesus taught us to seek first the kingdom 
and his righteousness and everything else will be added into us as well. Meaning that there is a system and a design that God has for your life. Not just your churching. There is a way that God sees the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so there, there is a perspective that God has about the world. And a part of what he wants us to do is once we get ourselves together to, is to be about his world perspective. So when I say save yourself, <laughs> there are several things that I mean. One of the first things that I mean when I say save yourself is prayer. Prayer. Because once we get done with all of this, you need to have a prayer life. We can only do but so much. But then you're going to have to have some kind of a prayer life. Now, when I say prayer life, I mean three things. And I'll throw them on the screens for you. And if you're taking notes, you can see what I'm talking about. When I say prayer, there are three things I mean. The first thing that I mean when I say prayer is spiritual salvation strengthened by consistency. Spiritual salvation strengthened by consistency. Spiritual salvation strengthened by consistency. Part of what has happened to us is in our determination to be free, in our determination to walk in grace, in our determination to put people over principles, I got you, in our determination to do that, we have robbed ourselves of the strength of consistency. When I say prayer... I do mean some spiritual practice. <laughs> I do mean come to church. I do mean worship the Lord. In a way, COVID has kind of messed us up. Not only are we still trying to figure out how, how to come back to church, but even in church, we're not what we were. We became conditioned by watching at home, and so now we're even more spectators than ever. And so we're in the room, we're watching around the world, and we just put these 8, 9, 10, 12 people up here, and we just want them to entertain us. We want them to sing and sound good. We like to see them run around and jump around. But really what's supposed to happen is young people praising God are supposed to inspire you to worship God. Because if these 30-year-old people got a reason to praise, you know your 47-year-old self got a reason. You should never let nobody 28 out praise you. What do they know about life for real? I wish I had a witness in the building. What's supposed to happen is praise is supposed to be contagious. Something's wrong with you if praise is not a contagious thing. Something is, it means that you need to check yourself. If you can sit here and watch praise and it don't turn you on. 
You can sit right there and watch people praising God and your hands are in your pocket and you're just clapping and you're just kind of sitting there. What has happened is you have gotten outside of the practice. Put it back up there. You have gotten outside of the practice of religious behavior. Believe me, there is something about salvation strengthened by you being consistent. I need a witness in the building. There's, there was a reason why your grandmama woke up and said, woke up this morning with my mind. There's a reason why she started her day with prayer. There's a reason why she sang her songs while she made her eggs and grits. Because there's a consistency. And it's very interesting how we have gotten away from this consistency. And we are crazier than ever. We are drunker. Than, we are higher than ever. We are more lost than ever. We are, oh, we're free, but we're a mess. We have gotten away from it as a nation. We are one, at one of our most least church places. And I get it. I understand it. It is the brilliance of the enemy. He's an archangel. It's brilliant what he has done because he has compartmentalized Christianity and made it seem like it only fits one group of people. And now we're so offended by the mis communication and the misrepresentation of who God really is that people are just rejecting God out of hand and don't even know the real him and I guess I would get it and I would halfway halfway a little bit understand it if everybody wasn't so crazy I saw a video the other day of somebody who has decided that they now are going to identify as a child. Later for the sexual identification, now we are getting to age identification. And you got a grown man who has decided that what he really is on the inside is a six-year-old girl. And he has found like a couple to adopt him, Elder Paul. And he is hanging around. At first, he was eight. But then some of the kids that he's around, one of them turned seven. And then that little kid said to him, I don't want to be the little sister. I want to be the big sister. And he said, oh, well, that's okay. Because I was identifying it as eight. But now I identify as six. And you could be the big sister. And that's great. And I get to just sit around and not work and not have a job and eat fishy crackers and fruit cups. Tell somebody, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Save yourself from a world that will let somebody 12 make a life decision and get surgery to back it up. Save yourself from this corrupt generation before you cut your breasts off and take drugs to stifle your ovaries. Might we suggest that you wait a little while and see what it's like to actually be a woman for real. You don't know at 12. Oh, my Lord, I know. I'm in church. I might be mad out there, but I'm in church right now. You might, you might think you know at 12, but all of us who were 12 know how stupid we were at 12. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. 12-year-old people are not smart. I need an amen on that. 12-year-old people are not smart. They're nice. 
sometimes you find yourself arguing with somebody 12, you have a problem. I don't argue with people 27. And definitely not nobody 22. Excuse me, I'm talking to mine. I ain't having no argument with nobody 22. Not with my knees clicking, I'm not. What's my point, beloved? My point is that when I say prayer, I do mean pray over your food. And all the eating out y'all do, you definitely ought to pray over your food. You ought to say, bless the hands that prepared it. You ought to rebuke sickness and disease. You ought to pray. If you eat food through a drive-thru, you better pray over that burger for you bite it. I was out to eat with somebody, a pastor or whatever, and I was out to eat. And when, and when the, uh, the, his wife asked for a plastic fork and knife. And I said, so, you don't trust the silverware? No, I don't trust the silverware. I'm like, well, if you don't trust the silverware, then why are we here? Why are we here? Then you don't trust the glass. Then you don't touch the, trust the plate, let alone the food. If you don't think they clean the silverware, then go home, make your own food. I need a witness. You, if you eat out. So you do need to pray over your food. You do need to talk to the Lord in the morning. I need a great big amen. You do. You need to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. So glad to talk. Before you turn in all, before you turn all the junk on that you turn on, I'm just going to keep on talking because I know what I'm talking about. Before you put on this, whoever had ever in the morning, you need to put a little bit of prayer, a little bit of Jesus, get a little bit of Holy Ghost. You might find your day may go totally different if you start your day talking to God. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. You know why a lot of us don't consistently talk to God? It's because... If you, consistently, if you consistently talk to God, right, Elder Paul, then it's hard for you to have an attitude. I need a better amen on that one. It's just hard. It's tough. I was, I was meeting with a couple, and, and I was at, talking to the wife, and she's amazing. And we were talking about the situation, and I said to her, have you forgiven that person? And she said, no, I haven't forgiven that person. And I said, no, I understand, because what they did was really bad, and I understand that you're struggling with forgiveness. I said, now let me ask you another question. Do you talk to God about it? She said, no. I said, I know, because when you talk to God about stuff... 
No, no, I, I'm not saying it in a judgy way. I've been there myself. I've been mad. I've been upset. I got an attitude. I want to knock somebody out. I don't go talk to God about it because I want to keep feeling this feeling of wanting to knock somebody out. And I need to save my anger for when I cuss them out. I don't go talk to God about it because I need to save this. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And so I don't say nothing to the Lord because if I talk to God about it, then the Lord is going to speak to me and I don't want to hear his mouth. It's all right. It's okay. All right. It's all right. I'm by myself. Thank you. I got a witness over there. I don't want to hear God's mouth. I don't want to talk to God about the people I can't stand. Because the Lord might say something to me like, now, do you remember where you were? And I'd be like, now, Lord, you need to leave me alone. So the last thing I want to do is pray. Don't nobody pray on the way to the club. Don't nobody pray on the way to a twerk show. Don't nobody pray when they're putting their thong on. It does not happen. All right, let me move on. Sorry, Lord. You know it's true. Don't nobody walk around the liquor store. Hmm, let's see. Hallelujah for Alizé. Don't nobody talk to God about their liquor. Ooh, Jesus. This Jack Daniels is on set. <laughs> Favor. Don't nobody do that. Look at God. Nobody says, look at God. Nobody does that. I told y'all the story about how I was going in the liquor store. I was making a cake. I, that's, that's what I was doing. I was, 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 I was making a cake. Yeah, I, I, was, I was making a rum cake. Somebody that worked here asked me for a rum cake. I won't say who it is. Asked me for a cake with rum in it. So I was going to the liquor store. At first, I was thinking, who can I send and who will go for me? Finally, I figured I'll just go myself, and I went down to the ABC Liquor Store. That's what the liquor store is called here in North Carolina, the ABC Liquor Store. These people are acting like they don't know, but they know all about the ABC Liquor Store. And so I was going there. As I was going in, I was just like, well, Lord, as I was going in, somebody was coming out, and they saw me, and they did a triple take. And they immediately pulled out their phone. And I know that they sent something. I done seen Pastor Andy at the liquor store, girl. And so that Sunday, I had to come and say, hey, listen, if you heard I was at the liquor store, I was making a cake. Although it would seem to me that if I'm going into the liquor store and you're coming out of the liquor store, then you need to keep my business and I'll keep yours. Keep it on the down low. Nobody has to know how you gonna tweet that I'm going in and you coming out. Y'all know Jesus turned water into wine anyway. Hallelujah. And so, what I'm saying to you is there is something to be said about the practice of prayer. Pray over your food. Pray before you take a trip. 
pray when you get in your car. Say, Lord, protect me from danger seen and unseen. That's a good prayer. From danger seen and unseen. That's what your mama used to say. Protect us from danger seen and unseen. When you come to church, don't come here to watch. Come here. Now, what will help you is if you are listening to some worship and listening to If you're listening to some praise on the way here, it makes it easier for you to praise the Lord when you get here instead of standing here looking at us like we're crazy. Like you don't know what God has done for you. Everybody's got a testimony, raise your hand. Everybody has got a testimony, raise your hand. I said, wait, wave at me, wave at me. If you're thinking, oh, no, 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 Pastor Andy, you don't know like I know what God has done for me. If it had not been for the Lord, I don't know where I'd be. I'd have lost my mind. I'd have lost all this. I got into this accident. My car flipped. And God, but God, I would not be here. All right. So then really, it really shouldn't be that difficult for you to praise God then. Because you're praising him for what he's done. And praise is prayer. It is the practice that strengthens consistent. Consistency strength, strengthens it. That's number one. Number two, when I say prayer, didn't mean to take that much time, but it's good anyhow. Number two, when I say prayer, I mean personal relationship with God. Actually, when the Bible says prayer, most of the time when the Bible talks about prayer, it's talking about the word it uses is talking about personal relationship with God. It is talking about the internalization of your relationship with God. That's how you pray without ceasing. You pray without ceasing because you internalize your relationship with him. And really, it becomes more than just the formal praying in religious settings. It's what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 6. He says, don't just pray just to be seen by men. Now, don't just pray. Just don't, don't just do that. You receive your reward in full, in full. But also, go into your prayer closet and talk to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is in secret will reward you openly. That means... you. You ought, to, you ought to have a secret, personal relationship with just you and God. Instead of talking to yourself, you ought to talk to the Lord. You ought to feel like the Lord loves you. You ought to love him back. You ought to have a relationship with him. You ought to believe that God is on your side. You ought to believe that God is fighting for you, pushing back the darkness. You ought to have faith that God loves you in spite of you. And if you need somebody to help you to know that, you're looking at somebody right now who his grace is sufficient for me. Is his grace sufficient for you? Of course his grace is sufficient for you. One of the things that happened in the translation and in the transliteration and in the education of theological concepts is that we messed up the idea of condemnation. We decided that what condemnation was, was somebody, a leadership group or a group of somebodies taking concepts, deciding what is right or wrong, and then making everybody feel guilty and holding everybody accountable according to a concept that, that leads the whole group. I get it. I understand it, especially when it comes to guiding a nation. I totally understand it, but... It's not really what condemnation is really about. What condemnation is about is what your heart says to you as a result of your relationship with God. So if you're seeking a relationship with God and you're determined to be close to him, 
You don't need me to give you the rule book. Somebody came up to me and said, Pastor Andy, you know, I'm, they, I've been invited to this party and it's for my job. And I know they're going to be drinking there. And if I don't drink, people are going to look at me funny. And I just want to know, is it okay for me to go to this party? And is it okay for me to drink while I'm there? My answer to them was, see, you want me to give you the rule. But it sounds to me like your own soul is bothering you. Now, you want me to tell you it's okay. But I... That's not really my job. My job is not really to walk around condemning you over the stuff that you do because you got to listen to what your Holy Ghost say to you. And you'll be able to do it if you have one. Yes, Andy, you need to move on. Part of the reason why this is what we, what we do is because it's what we were taught. We were taught condemnation and fear so that we could be in control by a group. But that's not real relationship with God. Real relationship with God is that you talk to the Lord and you listen to him. And he says important things to you. He doesn't tell you stuff like what cereal to eat. He says life changing stuff to you these folk who tell you God tells them everything that is not true there is a difference between the Holy Spirit and your spirit your spirit can talk to you I was talking to someone they said I was in this Mexican restaurant and we was about to order food and then the Holy Ghost said to me this Mexican food is not about to be good and I was like thank you Holy Ghost and we got up and left and I said listen I'm so sorry but the Holy Ghost don't care if you get good tacos. The Holy Ghost don't show up and say the tostadas here are bad. God, the, the Holy Ghost don't care. First of all, you don't need another taco help us. <laughs> that, that, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's your spirit. And the spirit himself testifies with your spirit that you're a child of God. I'm in the Bible. So you have to learn to differentiate between what's the Holy Spirit and what's your spirit. Because your spirit will talk to you if you listen. But prayer is personal relationship with God. And then number three, which is the point of this message that I'm not going to get to. You'll have to tune in next week. Is that prayer is kingdom principles to fight principalities. Kingdom principles to fight principalities. When I say prayer, I mean Kingdom battle. I don't just mean Holy Ghost battle rebuking the devourer over your head. I do mean that. But I also mean principles that lead you down a path of victory. And you embrace the fact that you are kings and queens chasing kingdom. Prayer is the acceptance that God's call on you is bigger than church. Prayer is about accepting that if you want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, that doesn't just come just from what you do in these walls. 
or what you do as a result of your Sunday that God saved you to take territory. God saved you to impact the earth. He didn't save you just for you to shout in a church service. It's a good beginning. But when you pray and actually talk to God, you'll find out that God has a plan for your life. And that plan is bigger than church. Church is amazing. I love church, but don't let's not be so caught up in church that we miss the truth of the kingdom. You are an heir of God. You're in a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are kings and queens. God has a plan for your life, and the plan is not to harm you. The plan is to give you hope. The plan is to give you a future. The plan is to take you somewhere. The plan is for your life to actually impact other people. The plan is not just for you to be blessed, but for you to be a blessing. And if you have to continually tune in or to continually come in here just to make it through, praise God for that. But at some point, you have to realize something is wrong. If you need church to make it through the week. Now, I know this sounds crazy coming from a preacher who wants you to come to church. But, what, what, but I, I, if that's where you are, it's okay. But really, what, what church really ought to do is give you sword and shield and strategies and inspiration. And you ought to be like, okay, Monday, I'm about to take territory. All right. I'm getting ready to call somebody. I'm getting ready to get me a real estate developer. I'm getting ready to call somebody. I'm about to go meet with somebody about my finance. I'm getting ready to go meet with an accountant. You know what? I am so sick of being in debt. The devil is a lie. If you're going to say the devil is a liar. Why don't you say the devil is a liar over your credit card? Uh, say, you know what? I, that's it. The devil is a liar. I am about to get me a financial plan and I'm going to bless my children's children. You know what? I'm about to do my own thing. You know what? I've had this dream and I've had this vision forever and you know what? The time is nigh for me to take territory in the kingdom. And you know what? I'm realizing that part of the reason why all hell is broke loose is because I am Jonah in a boat and the Lord don't want me here. And that's why they don't like you at your job. And that's why they don't treat you right. And that's why your supervisor's rude. And that's why you're doing the supervisor's job, but you're not getting paid for it. It's not the devil. It's you. It's that God is trying to show you, you got a whole nother power in you, and you have to save yourself from this corrupt generation. And it's not just, we can blame it on the enemy, but what it really is, is God got a plan for your life. And I have a witness. God has a plan for your life. God, God has a plan for your life that's bigger than what you have imagined. And I want you to believe again and dream again and take territory. When I look at the Lord's prayer, that's what I see. I see practical prayer that strengthens consistency, the religious practice. I see your personal relationship with God. But I also see kingdom principles to fight principalities. Not all the principalities are above you. Some of the principalities are in the earth. And God wants his people equipped to do battle against the principalities that are in the earth. 
So, when we start to talk about prayer, what we're talking about is territory. We're talking about faith. We're talking about belief. We're talking about you knowing that God has something greater. How do you do that? How do you take territory? What are the principles that lead us out? What, is the, what are the rules and what are the stuff that God has laid out that, that says to us, okay, this is how you ought to conduct yourself if you want to take territory. If you want to hear that, you'll have to come back next Sunday. Anybody heard a word from the Lord today? Put your hands together. Bless him. Let's give. Let's give. It's almost 12 o'clock. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. This is our, we gave our tithes and our offerings. This is our building fund offering. And um, we are in the process of moving forward towards this building. And I have a vision. We have a vision together as a church. And uh, you can take a picture of that QR code. And, and if you're watching online live, you can give. If you're watching at another time, you can still give. If it's Tuesday, you can still give to the work of the kingdom of God. Don't just take, be a giver. Be a tither. Give to the work of the kingdom of God. So we're giving to this and, and, and this building, this Victory Park. And the Victory Park vision is that, yes, it's where our church is going to meet, but the building, if you need an offering envelope, simply raise your hand. One of these faithful men will come to you and give an offering envelope. And uh, you can give by way of check, W-O-C-C. And, uh, and you can give to the work of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and thank you for your generosity. There is your tithe that you give to God, and there is your generosity that you give above and beyond what you owe the Lord, and you give to the work of the kingdom. And February 1st, we're having this war council. We've been talking about it quite a bit. February 1st, the first Wednesday in February, will be our first war council. It's going to be something I'm going to be doing, actually, on a regular basis. I'm going to be doing this war council. I'm going to do a war council that's just for men. I'm going to do a war council that's just for women, in which the Lord has just gave me this, some, this as an idea. But the first war council that we're going to have is going to be on Wednesday, February 1st. I want all elders, all deacons, all people who serve, everybody, who, everybody who's in the church. If you think of yourself as a member, if you're watching around the world you need to be in the room because we're not going to broadcast it it's not going to stream live we're going to come together we're going to pray together we're not it's not going to be a whole great great big worship service we're going to come together we may sing a song or two we're going to pray we gave you these prayer cards we had them last week we have them again today we want you to put your prayer request if you have one bring this with you on february 1st we're going to throw them on the stage and we're going to pray over them and then i'm going to talk vision i'm going to talk about where we are i'm going to talk about what's about to happen i'm going to give you an update on the church and on the building and all of it. If you want to hear that, you want to be in the room February 1st. It's our war council as we're about to move forward as a congregation to take territory. And so just remember that. But we're giving to the work of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. Will men pour into your lap? For with the measure you use, it's measured unto you. So you want to be a giver because that's how you receive. You open up your life to blessing by you being faithful to give to the work of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says not to muzzle the ox when it's treading out the grain. What that means is you feed what feeds you. You 
feed what feeds you. You choke it out, then it won't be there to dig your furrows for you to plant your seed. And so if world overcomers feeds you, if this message, if this thing, if this feeds you, then you can't just take from it. You have to give to it. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray for this offering. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and worship you and hear your word and pray. And, and thank you for church and the power of it. But, Lord, we're actually determined to establish kingdom and to take territory. We're believing that every individual person will take territory, every king in this room. I'm believing for every single one of these men that they will take territory. God, that they will not be satisfied with working for someone else. I pray, God, that you will set us free from picking cotton in the name of Jesus. I pray for every woman under the sound of my voice, and I pray, Lord God, that you will set us free from picking cotton. I pray that we will not just work for someone else. I pray that you will bless our basket and our store. I pray that you will bless the work of our hand and you will bless the crop that we sow. I pray, God, that you will give us this entrepreneurial spirit. I pray, Lord God, that we will take territory for you. I pray, God, that you will lead us into this faith-filled victory that doesn't just impact us spiritually, but impacts us economically. And I pray, God, that it will start a movement in our communities, and it will start a movement amongst our people, and that our people, God, this group, that we will no longer just seek pleasure, but we will chase after purpose. Use us for your glory. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We all said together, God bless you as you give. Just let the armor bearers just pass the buckets to you just for a second. And we're going to be dismissed and about to let you go. And if you want to be in a fellowship group, there's just so many things in the bulletin that we can remind you of. If you're watching around the world, you need to give. And, and you need to let us know that you are here. And War Council's on February 1st. We're looking for volunteers. If you want to volunteer in the church, there's so many ways in which you can do that. Church is service. Amen? Where you don't just serve. You're not just served. You serve. You give to the work of the kingdom of God. Thank you so much for your generosity and for giving and People said to me, someone said to me the other day, Pastor Andy, when are y'all? I said, it's not when are y'all, it's when are we. Can't wait to see your church. No, no, it's not my church. It's our church. It's going to take all of us together to do this and to work and, and to come together to do a work worthy of his name. And I can't wait to see what we are going to do together. And I'm going to give you some real good details on February 1st. And you want to be in the room with us if you want to know. I'm just believing that it's going to be the first war council that we're going to have. We're just going to jam this room out, and we're going to pray and rebuke the devil. We're going to take dominion authority over the work of the devil, and then we're going to talk about what our, what our strategy is to come together, take territory for God. Amen? Jump on your feet. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your word that is always a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. That as we walk in the light, as you're in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, cleanses us from all sin. 
Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the praise. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, those of us who are in the room. For everyone that's watching around the world, God, take them on for the rest of their day. Have your way in us. Kingdom of God, come in us. Will of God be done in us. And as we always pray, God, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Give them peace. Favor on your people. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church. Thanks for tuning in with us this morning. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.